Well, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm really delighted to welcome you all to TNC's latest podcast, and our topic this time is an absolute cracker. Is it time to spring clean your network and telecoms estates? Uh, I'm John Waterhouse, CEO of TNC, and I'll be your host for the next 20 minutes. Uh, as I'm sure everyone joining knows, TNC is the UK's largest independent network and telecoms strategy and sourcing consultancy. We support over 280 major UK and multinational organizations and help them to get the best possible commercial, technical, operation and contractual results from all of their network telephony and mobility services. So joining us from TNC today to share his expertise is our head of consulting and all-round commercial guru, Adrian Joyce. Adrian, would you like to say hello to our listeners and viewers? Yeah, hello everyone. Uh, Great to be here. Looking forward to this uh, topic. So, as we said, today is a cracker, uh, and it really is. Is it time to spring clean your network and telecoms estate? So this is a topic very, very close to Adrian, my heart, uh, and we're, uh, we're really looking forward to talking with you about it today. And the reason we, we think this is a great topic is, is really simple. You know, cleaning up your network and telecoms estates, the inventories and the billing, is one of the most effective but one of the least well-known approaches to delivering cost savings. Uh, and you know, in TNC's expert opinion, this is one of those rare approaches that almost every organization can take, irrespective of where you are in your technology life cycle, in your contract life cycles, in your procurement life cycles, almost any organization can, can achieve cost savings and wider operational benefits uh, from cleaning up their their estates. But the irony is that this is an approach that's often overlooked. Uh, So today we're going to explore why that is and what you can do to gain those benefits. So as always, let's start with a little bit of context. So for most organizations, network, telecoms, and mobile expenditure are some of their largest IT costs. In fact, often the very largest IT costs. Uh, So these are really significant areas of expenditure. Um, but managing those estates and the billing and the inventories can be really challenging. And there's a number of reasons for that. So the estates typically are, are, are very large. So lots of sites uh, with WAN connections, lots of voice connections, lots of mobile connections, variable and complex usage charges. And of course, the estates are constantly in motion. They're constantly changing. Sites open and close. Employees join and leave. Uh, contracts expire. Technologies change, etc. And, and this complexity is, is really fertile ground uh, for errors to arise. So whether that's misbilling uh, by service providers, estates becoming unclean because services that should be ceased aren't, uh, the, the long-term effect is organizations lose track of the inventories, they lose control of the billing. And as a result, most industry research suggests the cumulative effect of this is substantial. And the average organization is reckoned to be overspending by around 12% of their network and telecoms expenditure uh, because of inaccurate inventories and and billing. So we're talking some pretty big numbers, Mr. Joyce. Um, And uh, so, yeah, given these issues, the real question is what could be done to address them uh, and how can uh, our listeners and our viewers start to drive cost savings in this area? The short answer is going to be audit and cleanse. I don't wish to uh, to steal your thunder, but let's start with some first principles. Can you take us through what exactly is audit and cleanse? 
Yeah, so I think the analogy that you've given already, John, is really good. This spring clean analogy of your, your estate. Um, so what we're doing in audit cleanse is trying to find and check the validity of every pound, euro, dollar, whatever the currency, every dollar that is spent looking at it and understanding what it is, where it is, what's it for, is it relevant, um, is it accurate, and, and putting that all together and finding, as you say, the areas where there is uh, duplication, overspend, uh, inaccuracies. So in our experience, wherever there is mess and untidiness, there is this chance good chance in our experience that things will be uh, incorrect. Um, and th this covers a variety of different areas, as I said, whether it's sites that have been ceased where the billing is still ongoing, whether it's duplicate billing, so you've had an upgrade on a service, but you're still paying for the old service. Um, all of these are areas. So really this spring clean is trying to understand what the estate really looks like and then comparing it to the ideal what should it look like from a contractual point of view, from an estate point of view, and putting that together, determining where there's a problem and how we tackle that problem. And, and, and in terms of the size of the prize, because that's what, you know, that's for, for a lot of people, that's what they're interested in is what can what benefits can I deliver from this? We talked about that sort of 10 to 12 percent mm. cost saving. Um, are there other benefits as well? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that 10 to 12%, um, it, it's it's pretty accurate in our experience, but where that comes from does vary from, from a state to a state and service to service. So again, you, you talked about states being in flux. So someone in, say, the construction industry might typically have many sites coming up and down. So the, the chances of old sites still being billed or inaccuracies in terms of um, uh, emergency uh, provisions going into sites and then being replaced by ethernets or whatever it might be is always there. Other estates, manufacturing maybe, very stable estate. But then in that organization, you might have a lot of short-term workers coming in, you give them a mobile phone, you take the mobile phone away from them. So it depends in the sector and the estate, depends on, frankly, how much work has been done on uh, inventory accuracy in the past as to where that, that size of the prize is. But there are also other benefits. Getting a tidy inventory helps with change management. It helps with incident management. Mm. Uh, just the whole efficiency of knowing what your estate looks like. Um, you're able then to justify the spend when someone approaches you, whether it's audit committee, whether it's CIO, to say, why do we spend a million pounds on this? Mm. Well, we service 1,543 agents at, at £10 each, and there's these fees and these fees. You can justify it. Absolutely. So, so it looks very good from that point of view. But there are other benefits as well when you do this, particularly from uh, using our, our experience, our expertise. When we look at these estates, it's quite easy for us to spot aged pricing. So pricing that no longer represents the, mm. the market expectation. Now, if you're within a five-year contract and you're two years in and you've got bad pricing, there's not much you can do. But often when we're going into these inventories, particularly on the voice side of things, these things have been running for years and years and years. They're on perhaps on annual renewals or just going month to month. So not only can we see what the inaccuracies are, 
where the the supplier is um, mismanaging the billing, you know, incorrectly billing you, uh, where you've got duplications, where you've got sites that should be seized. We're also seeing things like zero billers. So we're seeing lines or people that no longer exist or not required. So we're looking at those to see, is that line needed? Now, it might be there's a very good reason for that line. It might be an alarm line. It might be a lift line. You know, so you don't, just because it's not showing usage doesn't mean it's not, not important. We had one uh, of our healthcare companies who had uh, fridges that stored blood and were plugged into PSTNs. And they only ever used that PSTN when the fridge failed to say this blood's going off. You need to put it into another fridge. So, of course, you don't want to see lines like that. That's probably not the best uh, best option. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're finding these these you're getting to an accurate inventory stage. Lots of benefits there. You also find things like user abuse. So another great example we had. So, so the, the obvious ones are people on their mobile phone using loads of data. And you find out that they're sitting on the side of the road instead of doing their job watching Netflix. We've also had one where people were using uh, or an individual was using an excessive amount of text every day. So that company then explored this as an HR issue. And as a is this person doing their job? And actually, sadly, they found that that person was using their phone in an abusive manner. So the main benefits cost saving. The, fr the additional benefits are accurate inventories that lead to better outcomes, the ability to justify your spend, but also there's lots of other fringe issues around this. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's a, a really broad range of benefits. So if there are so many benefits, why, why are organizations uh, sometimes a little bit reticent to dive into audit cleanse? I, I suspect the word complexity is going to rear its, its ugly head at any minute now. What, what are the main challenges an organization might face into when it wants to try and unlock these cost savings and these other benefits? It's Yeah, it's time and effort. When I look at my garden shed, every time I go in there to find something, I think I must tidy this shed. It's a disgrace. But every time I look to tidy it, I think, where do I start? Oh, you know, this is days of work. I'll just leave it. It's not doing anyone any harm. I can find things when I really need them. And I think it's the same for, for your, your network estates. Typically, this stuff isn't hurting you. So yes, the inventory side of things, incident management, maybe there's an argument there. Um, but typically, the things that are most important to your network, you, you have got a good grasp of. Um, but yeah, it's these things, it is complicated, particularly if you've got multiple suppliers, multiple services. If you're split into a variety of uh, sub companies or, or departments, you begin to spend an hour or two looking at this stuff as a network professional. And then you're like, I've got better things to do with my time. Mm. Um, and I think that's where, fortunately for us, that's where we can come in. We can parachute in resources that are used to doing these things that can explore it that have an eye for this detail that have got the systems the processes that stand behind it that typically a, a, a network specialist wouldn't have in a, an enterprise business you they've already got day jobs to do presumably that's you know part of the problem here is you know increasingly it organizations are extremely lean so they don't have the resource sat around to to to, to get stuck into these you know more challenging more complex activities. 
Absolutely. It, typically, this is this is important stuff, but it's not urgent, um, and therefore it gets left, and it just festers. The longer it's left, the worse it gets. But it's not hurting. But yet, the opportunity to to have better outcomes, to save money, um, you know, this is one of the simplest ways to save money that that we found. Yes, running procurement processes are great, and they can save substantial amounts of money. Renegotiations can save money, but that all takes time. This is something that you can get some experts, such as ourselves, in, and uh, you know, we we can work away. And uh, as we've said at the top of this podcast, ten to twelve percent is typically the outcome here. Yeah. Okay. So so take us through what what are the the, the main steps that an organisation would need to go through. Uh, to 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 unlock these these benefits, I guess we're going to start with with with, with data gathering, right? Absolutely. So the, there's a number of key things that you need. You need to understand what it is that you should have in your estate, and you need to base that on on some facts. So um, these typically start with understanding what the contract landscape is. So getting all hold of all the contracts, change notes, anything of relevance from your your provider. You'll then uh, need to ensure that you've got the right contact details, both within the supplier and within your wider employee base, because there will be people that you want to talk to about the services. Hey, why have we got three lines in Swindon? Well, you might need to speak to the Swindon office manager or the person in charge of voice. So understanding who those right people are in in some organizations can be challenging because it can be very diverse. You then need invoices. You need to see, well, what is the supplier actually billing us for? So whether that's electronic invoices or access into portals to be able to to do that analysis. And then, you know, other things like site lists. Understanding is Swindon a current site or not a current site? Because if I see Swindon in the contract, I see Swindon in the invoices and it's billing accurately, you won't, you're not to know that actually Swindon closed five years ago and shouldn't be there at all. So those are those are typically the things that you'd need to start with. And and I'm going to make a statement which might sound obvious, but those sound like things that most organisations should be on. Have we got a list of all our sites? Sure, we have. Have we got a list of all our contracts? Sure, we have. But I think in in practical terms, I can see from the smile on your face as I say these things. It's surprisingly common that organizations can't lay their hands on a site list, an inventory, uh, in, in, oftentimes their invoicing. Um, so, so even just that first data gathering piece can be surprisingly challenging, right? Absolutely. And, and it, you know, there are extremes and it varies from organization to organization. So we've been into to do this activity with some organizations that really can turn behind them and pick off the shelf, the inventory, the invoices, the contracts. But that's that's rare. Um, most organizations probably can't get hold of immediately all of those things. And you're probably talking 60, 70% of the information is available, but then the sort of 30, 40% becomes a bit of a challenge. Mm. There are extremes at the other end where, you know, we've been contacted and they really haven't got a clue what they're spending, where they're spending, whether they've got contracts, who who's ordered services, what those services are for, who's paying for them, you know, not even necessarily being paid for by IT, maybe going through individual projects that, that they've instigated in the past that have um, uh, turned up a site with telecom services, but the project pays for it. 
Um, again, other ex extreme examples where you have many uh, uh, child organizations coming into a group parent, but the group parent, the IT functioning group, doesn't know what France has done with mm. Leon, for example. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's real variety. I think the commonality that we found across all of those examples is we always find something wrong. There's always inaccuracies. There are still challenges. So even the best um, work that's been done in the past, you can still find problems. And maybe it's the accuracy of the billing from the supplier. So the actual inventory list is really good. But when you start looking at the price points for the calls or the circuits pricing, you'll find problems. And presumably there's a correlation between the challenge of gathering the data and the likelihood of, of, of inaccuracy, right? That, that if organizations are struggling to piece together their contract landscape, their inventories, et cetera, the likelihood that the billing is then going to be correct is, is, is much lower because how is that organization validating that billing? Are they validating it? Are they checking it? Are they really just kind of signing it off or, hey, it was the same as last month? You know, so, so presumably those two things correlate together. The harder to, it is to piece together, the more the likely savings. To a degree. So I think, I think there are uh, different areas that, that we focus on that we've mentioned a few times in this call. So something like the um, site level accuracy of an organization that's got a really good handle on their, 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 the detail, that's probably really good. They know Swindon was ceased five years ago and mm. they won't tolerate <clears throat> seeing Swindon on the invoices. So that stuff has been done. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that the person doing um, that analysis fully understands the billing of complex telecom services and mm. has therefore been able to analyze that against the contract, against the rates, has a view on the market rates. So that side of things can still be an issue. But generally, yes, you're right. Okay, and, and and you know, presumably the impact of COVID and has made this harder for organisations. You know, I'm thinking about you know, particularly what I, I know we found in the past. You know, very often an organisation will have an individual who really knows this stuff, and he or she has been in that organisation years and years and knows you know, all the right places and all the right people and all the right data and so on and keeps this stuff quite clean. But we found in organisations that person's been furloughed or they've been let go as part of the, the response to COVID. And part of that, you know, they've lost that ownership yeah. and that control. Yeah, I, th I think we could talk at length about the impact of COVID on on uh employment and and how people are working and the pluses and, and and negatives of it i think one of the things that that's going to be a challenge if it isn't already in these estates is understanding the impact of the mothballing of sites yeah so you will have sites that don't have any users on there uh, therefore you're not showing any usage uh, is that is that historically not showing any usage you know do we have to go back two years to go right it still wasn't being used then but of course the challenge is now if there's no one at that site then the, of course there'll be no usage yeah, yeah and yeah. then the, the further challenge is are there going to be people at that site should we be ceasing that line is it an emergency line is there anyone on site that can tell us no so yeah covid's definitely caused some uh, a, a couple of different levels of complications on this mm. um but again, that's, that's, that's opportunity. Uh, that's potential overspend that you could be reducing. 
and 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 I guess as well, you know, COVID has accelerated the trend towards the the sort of, as it were, the individualization of network and telecoms costs. You know, so, I mean, you think about something like telephony. Ten years ago, telephony was, we're going to buy a big uh, PBX, we're going to park it in a basement somewhere, and the cost of the individual connection on that was was pretty marginal compared to the cost of the big lump of of, of PBX. Mm. Now that organizations are moving towards... Uh, per seat charging, the need to keep on top of those inventories. So first of all, those inventories have become more complex because it's now not one big lump and a maintenance charge, it's individual billing, but the the, the need to keep on top of it is increased as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and spotting those zero billers in that. So, so yes, the, the individual cost is higher, therefore the impact of not processing your levers uh, for example, is greater, um, but also spotting the zero billers, are they justifiable? You know, I, I, we've done a lot of work with an organization basically taking their HR list and trying to understand, well, who's this person? They're not on your HR list. Who are they? Uh, down to, uh, you know, cyber stalking them across LinkedIn to work out, well, actually, they left your organization four years ago, according to LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, lot, lots of different uh, outcomes that, that we're seeing of this, but you're right, it's a higher spend per individual, therefore a greater impact. Yeah, really super interesting stuff. I'm conscious our, our time is, is, is now short, but I think that you know, what, what you've shown us, Adrian, is, is the, 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 the prize is significant. And the challenges are not insurmountable. They're, they're, they're challenges of, it's a bit of sleuthing, right? It's, it's, it's trying to get those data points together, taking quite a rigorous approach to this. But I, I, I presume there's a, there's a sort of final point to this, which is if, if you climb the mountain of doing all this data gathering and getting the estate clean and so on, what you don't want to do is then abandon that process once you've done all that great work and let it go go wild again and let the no. you know once you, you, once i tidy my shed john i will be on top of that shed forevermore because I that's the only way i, I believe it <laughs> i believe it mrs joyce won't yeah. <laughs> that's also true <laughs> but that that you know but but presumably once you have tidied your shed or in this case uh, your your network and telecoms inventories keeping them clean is actually relatively straightforward you put Absolutely. the processes yeah. in place to, to to ensure that happens oh, and what that also benefits yeah sorry john what what that also leads to is it's easier to spot when things are going wrong yeah. so if you're constantly cleansing it let's take the um, levers and joiners example if every month you're analyzing that and you're taking these 10 people off and putting these 12 on that keeps it clean but then you can very quickly spot where something falls out of that process um, you know, a name pops up that hadn't been on before that's not on the joiners list. Where did they come from? It's very obvious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Adrian, fascinating as always, a, a, you know, a really, really interesting topic. As we, we promised our listeners and viewers, it's a cracker. It's, it's a great opportunity to drive an awful lot of benefits into your organization. Yep. It might not be as sexy as some of the topics we get to talk about on our podcast but i don't know what you mean the next dinner party that i have once lockdown is over this is the topic so anyone that's really interested let me know 
I have no doubts whatsoever. No, fantastic. <laughs> Adrian, thanks as always for your fascinating insights. And, thank uh, and, and thank you everyone for, for listening and watching. Please do let us know any questions you may have uh, on this or any other network and telecoms topic. You know we love to talk about these things and you can get in touch through our website. Uh, that's networkcollective.co.uk or any of the usual social channels. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. Mm -hmm.